I am Groot. I'm Steve Rogers. I am Mike Royer. And I'm Chris Dillard. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name's Mike Royer. And this is a Superhero Slate review for Avengers Infinity War. Holy cow. This film, some would argue, is 10 years in the making since the first Iron Man came out in 2008. We have been building up Thanos, uh, I believe, what, 2011? 12. 12 yeah, so 12. It, it it's uh it's <laughs> it's been in the making i think it's the first time uh uh the cinema has ever really experienced something quite like this and i think it's awesome that it's kind of hitting this uh a, a crucially nerdy area of pop culture you know they could have possibly done with this with a science fiction movie maybe they could have done this with some sort of like drama series or detective noir or fantasy series probably would have been the most realistic in the past, but bam, a comic book movie finally builds up all of this work to Avengers Infinity War, and mm-hmm. um, we are here to review it. We are going to start off spoiler-free the best we can, but this movie is going to be incredibly hard <laughs> to talk about and review without mentioning the plethora that happened in this movie. I, I think you'd agree with me, Chris. Oh, I would. I mean, I think going in dark was... One of the hardest things to do, but also one of the most, the biggest payoffs in any movie I've watched recently, you know, uh, there, there were, uh, there are lots of shocks and surprises and things that you don't expect. Even we could speculate, we've been speculating for years, Mike, and I still think we were wrong about a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that was actually really surprising. And it's, and it's not just necessarily, um, what was coming out of other fans mouths, or other like news outlets like even straight I feel like from Kevin Feige and like the directors of this movie like I don't think that they were straight up lying to us but I think they just wanted to kind of subvert expectations a little bit so I actually kind of appreciate that you know there's shots in the trailer that you can't trust you know I've started to figure out more and more recently that I feel like a lot of like B and C cuts that don't make it in the movie is actually what makes it to the trailer so you got a lot of different line reads for lines in this movie you got different shots i decided just for the heck of it to go back and watch the final trailer for this movie which is something i skipped out on because i wanted to go in more fresh and even in the final trailer that i think just came out a couple days ago if not maybe last no, we, week we, we, the final trailer was the one we watched with the tickets there's well, been other things since well then. i think what i'm talking about is the final tv spot oh, okay um so there's even line reads in that that was like well bucky didn't say that in the movie so like even up until the very last minute marvel is doing its best to keep you from seeing the movie, I guess, technically. Um, So uh, real quick, we usually like to talk a little bit about our theater-going experiences because I truly believe that if you're not lucky enough to somehow weasel your way into some sort of critics review screening where I would assume everybody's on their best behavior, we go out with the general masses like everybody else, but we always go on Thursday nights because that's when you know that's where the biggest fans are. So I had a relatively pleasant theater-going experience. I was luckily surrounded by people that knew how to 
just keep their stuff to themselves, their their conversations, their whispers. Um, the only pet peeve that's kind of been building up over the last couple couple viewings at movie theaters is um, I would assume your movie theater sells nachos, correct? I don't know. I'm okay. not eating well, movie theater nachos. Yeah. <laughs> well, most <laughs> theaters do. And usually with those nachos, there's a condiment bar that sells like pickled jalapenos. And I, that's fine. I don't eat them. But people, you got to realize those things smell. If you're sitting right next to somebody else and you decided to be one of those weirdos that just piles and piles and piles on those pickled jalapenos instead of putting on just a couple like on your hot dog or nacho chips, you can smell those the entire freaking movie. So people, you need to be more considerate about the people around you. But um, luckily that scent wears off after a certain half-life of the life of a, of a jalapeno. Once they're eaten, you can't smell them anymore. <laughs> yeah, so that was my only – that's my only gripe. But overall, uh, I was totally engaged in this movie. Chris, what about you? How was your theater? That was great. I mean, again, uh, we did IMAX. I uh, was able to go uh, – my wife and uh, two friends, uh, two listeners of the show – and co-hosts, they've been on the show several times, uh, Jason Ambrositis and John Myers. So awesome. you guys are listening. Thanks for going. We actually, since we have reserved seats, we went to eat at, like, Buffalo Wild Wings beforehand. Um, so we didn't, like, have to go buy theater food or anything like that. So we uh-huh. ate, predicted some stuff, walked right in, sat down, and then the movie started a few minutes later. So um, it was pretty straightforward, really. Um, there was a couple people, like, we have assigned seats and one, like, one... I don't know if he was a theater security guard or some sort of, like, type of mall cop. He's like, if you're not in the right seat, we will stop the movie kind of thing. And there's, like, the... And I was like, that's, that's totally... I would totally be upset if someone was, like, in my seat that I paid for. And uh, there's, like, a couple jackasses in the theaters who thought they were smart people, like, making jokes. And I'm like, whatever, dudes. Just shut up and watch the movie. But during the movie, nothing happened. Like, I... Yeah. I was fine. I, I regulated my my beverage intake all day. Um, <laughs> just a couple cans of soda and and a, a Mountain Dew or two. Um, not too much water that's going to run through me, so I, I didn't have to go the whole time. Thankfully, yeah. wow. And um, had a, had a good time, really, just hanging out with everybody and taking it all in. It was. <laughs> I I don't normally usually reach over and smack someone and be like, oh my god, during a movie, but this one made me do that a few times, and that was really cool. So, uh, <laughs> well. Well, it has been roughly about 12 hours, you know, give or take, since we've gotten out of the movie, and we're pretty uh, well known for going radio silence once we come out of these movies because we like to save our initial reactions for when we get on this mic right here. So usually I like to think, oh, I wonder what Chris thought about this movie, because sometimes we're divided, sometimes we're not, but Chris, I I want you to tell me right now your spoiler-free review, the best you can for this movie, and I'm going to see if I'm right. (laughs) Um, I think so to me you said it's 10 years in the making Uh I really really like this movie but dang do I want to see the next one I gotta (laughs) see where it goes I'm really hyped for it I really want to go back and watch it again it was really fun Um, it it puts you through the proverbial blender Mike Uh Uh, you're going to feel all sorts of emotions there are times people were laughing so loud you couldn't hear the next line in the theater. <laughs> there are times when people are tearing up. This will rank. This will ring you out through every emotion in this movie, and uh-huh. that is a testament uh-huh. to this movie. I think that you know you're invested in these characters. You care about them. Uh, you care about the fates of this universe and the galaxies and all this stuff in it. And uh, I I had a really good time, and I really really look forward to going back several more times even though it is like two and a half hours long (laughs) on every viewing so 
Uh, I've got to say, um, overall, I, I can't rank it yet. Again, like you said, we're too early. We're way uh-huh. too early. Can't rank it, but it does set, like, if you just watch the Avengers movies, or even all the other ones, this is a hell of a payoff, I feel, in the long run. So, uh, that's, that's where I sit, Mike. I, you've, you, you, you like to, like, dangle things in front of me <laughs> that are not true sometimes, much like Marvel does. So, Mike, where do you sit on this uh, spectrum? Wow, so this movie was a wild ride, a great culmination of a lot that we've built up. And I still really hold true to the fact that the MCU really just feels like this long-running kind of television series. The, the, the highest budget television series that have ever existed. And we watch one episode, like, I feel like a couple times a year. So uh, this really feels like a, a big, big season finale. You know, you're, you're getting all of your characters coming together. It felt like a lot like a, a season finale of a, a season of Game of Thrones. You know, you got people from all over the place finally meeting up in one area, meeting each other for the first time. You know, you get to see how they react. Uh, they, they go into battles together, and it's just... It's just a wild, fun ride. Like mm-hmm. this is was, was an amazing uh, summer popcorn box office movie. Uh, this this is gonna just make a ton of cash. We already knew that ahead of time. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, all the emotions, like you said. I, you go through all of them. Uh, there's there's moments where I'm feeling feeling tearful, and there's actually a moment where my eyes welled up, but not from sadness. Was just from pure amazement. <laughs> I won't spoil anything, but there's kind of like uh, there's almost like a tro like um like not I don't want to say Calvary because that's trying to say that there's a bunch of people coming, but there's kind of someone that shows up at the last moment and just with this big spectacle and you're just like, holy crap. And my eyes are just like wide and I'm just like, <laughs> like my eyes are just like welling up and I'm just like, I can't believe that this is happening right now. This is so amazing. And um, I think that's just the epitome of what this movie is. Um, I, I feel like I still have kind of like the rose colored glasses on. I feel like my opinion is not going to change a whole lot once those glasses fall off, but there's so much movie here to digest. I can't imagine anybody can thoroughly review this movie just this week, you know? So I, this is going to seem like a shameless plug, but I would make sure that you're subscribed to the superhero slate podcast because we talk about the news every week. And as every week unfolds we'll we'll roll out more and more about this movie and what it means about the mcu and you'll be able to see us kind of digest our thoughts on this movie uh because it's just so dense there's so much here and i just had a great time Mm -hmm. they managed all of these characters very well everybody got just i felt like the right amount of screen time and I think a really good thing to do is don't just rewatch the MCU movies just so you feel like you don't miss anything and you can connect all the dots and you'd be like, oh, wait, that guy was from here and that was from there. Oh, I'm glad I watched these movies. No, I think you need to rewatch at least a nice handful of the MCU movies so you can kind of get back into the feeling of this universe. Because like I said, we watch one of these MCU episodes like maybe every three or four months now. So, you know, you kind of get to dip your toe back in and then you're thrown, thrown out of it like two and a half hours later. So I, yesterday, just before the movie, I watched Civil War and Doctor Strange. Uh, the weekend before that, I watched uh, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Winter Soldier. So I really made sure I was bathing in the MCU and I really slotted back into it very well. Um, uh, I would, I probably recommend maybe watching one of the guardians just before you go into this. Cause I would say the guardians and, and space of this movie takes up a decent chunk of the film. 
So well, uh, I'm glad also, that space is I, still a big player in this. Well, I mentioned yesterday, I think after watching this, Thor Ragnarok is definitely a must-have. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I agree. Well, I, well I, I definitely think, I mean, I agree with you on a lot of things. I just don't think that this is the culmination yet. Oh, like, yeah. I think I, this is what I would call <laughs> the penultimate film. The not it's not the season finale. It's the episode before the finale that makes you like, oh, I have to tune in next week to watch which the is, last one. Which is funny because if you are a Game of Thrones watcher, usually Game of Thrones is ten episodes a season, and it's usually episode eight or episode nine where all of the you know the craziness goes mm-hmm. down, and then kind of like the final episode is kind of like you know more of the like emotional shocking moments. So. Um, Chris, I, I, I'm really afraid I'm going to spoil something here, so yeah. I think we just got to go ahead and throw up the spoiler warning and just jump into this movie. There's so much to talk about. You know, We made sure that we were jumping in front of these microphones as soon as we possibly could. There's no way we decided that we could wait until Sunday to talk about this. So, um, Chris, I, I just have to say, spoiler here, what a shocking ending. I mean, <laughs> I, I knew what I was seeing wasn't going to be permanent for the most part. But still, I, I, my jaw has literally never dropped like that before. Like, you know, you see on movie posters, they'll put up a quote from a critic that says jaw dropping. And you just think like, oh, it's a pretty exciting movie. Like, no, literally my jaw dropped as soon as Thanos snapped those fingers. That's a really well, iconic moment in, in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. So once I saw that finger snap and the screen turned white, I, my jaw was a the gap. G- the did whole you think rest of the movie. The credits were gonna roll. Oh my god! I kind of thought that they <laughs> did, and I was like, "Please don't do this! Please don't do this to me! Please don't do this to me!" So when he snapped those fingers, I was like, "I, I think I even like maybe mouthed it." Me when I was thinking, I was like, "Oh my god, they did it! He got to snap <laughs> his fingers." I was like, "That's an undoable action, at least at, from what we've seen so far and what I've read in that omnibus that I have on my bookshelf of Infinity Gauntlet." So I was just. I was just amazing. I can't believe that they did it. And then we start to see <laughs> one after one, the music totally like, drops out. We see these heroes dropping, and I'm just like, oh, my God. It was like God. five or ten more minutes of just, like, yeah. you're like who's, who's going to make it? You don't yeah. know who's going to make it at all. Exactly. And at, at the start, I thought this was going to be permanent because they really hit this on the nail at the very beginning when they – definitively kill Loki in front of you. It's gruesome. They show his dead corpse. They even say there's going to be no resurrection here and he's dead. Like we finally get like an, it's like, it's like the, one of the greatest MCU villains killing another MCU villain. And it was just, it really set the tone. So when we see these deaths throughout the movie, you know that they take some weight. So you start to see people like Bucky fade away, and you're just like, oh, no, Bucky. But then you think, okay, well, maybe his arc's done. Maybe we won't see Bucky anymore. And you see these other characters. But I have to admit, once I saw Black Panther fade away, I was just like, oh, okay, this, none of this is permanent. There's no way <laughs> that they're just going to kill off T'Challa um, when they've already announced Black Panther 2. You know, they've already – his movie made just a crap ton of money to begin with. And then so when people like – even though it was very emotional when Peter faded away into dust, I knew that's th- that stuff wasn't permanent. But it was still shocking to see mm. it. And um, that was just a crazy emotional moment. And then when it ends with Thanos looking at the sunset and then the credits roll, I just like look over to my wife and I'm just like <gasps> – Where's my after credit scene? I need my like, uh, and then the after credit scene still didn't um, 
didn't make things better. It just set up the Captain Marvel movie, and I was like, oh my god, what is going on? So, obviously, in a world where the time gem now exists, I think we assume that that's going to roll back the clock and at least save all these people that have sequels scheduled. So, um, I guess maybe that's one of the downsides of knowing so much about the MCU we talk about every week that, you know, we know we're not silly. We're not going to fall for this stuff, but damn, was it emotional? Well, I think, I I think the stakes are still there because whoever, I don't think it's the time stone that will revert everything. I think they, they just pulled that trick literally right before he got the, the gauntlet completed. Right. I don't think they're going to pull that trick together. I think that someone else is going to have to wield that gauntlet and um, snap their fingers and undo everything. I don't think it's a time gym will fix everything. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's uh, clever. So what What to me is, while I, they may bring them back, it may not be the same people coming back. Like, their personalities may be tweaked a little bit when they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, I, again, I think that'd be a way to do it because... Say Captain America came on and snapped his fingers, right? Maybe he's the one who gets the gauntlet. I don't know. Um, if he brings back Spider Man, he's gonna bring back the Spider Man he knew, which was the Civil War one. You know, not maybe not the the Tony Stark uh, suit version, but the, I mean, what I like about that scene, Mike, as well, is that they didn't linger on the finger snap. It uh-huh. wasn't a slow motion finger snap. <laughs> it was a Thanos dying, very very wounded, saying you should have aimed for the head. Badass Bam. line, <laughs> uh, and 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 that, that kind of ties into one of the the bigger characters in this. The from from start to finish, I think he had the one of the better arcs. Is actually Thor's journey in mm-hmm. this because I know the exact moment you're talking about earlier when Thor arrives on the battlefield in Wakanda. Ooh, Stormbreaker! Ooh, <laughs> via his own generated Bifrost, and is able to save most of the people there. Um, real, really quickly in, in, in their diary, bringing Rocket and Groot to the battle with them to Earth for the first time. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And watching him unleash his power on those Outriders as they rush in the gates. Was oh, just my gosh. Fantastic. Yeah, it, it was just intense. And, like, that was that moment where I was just welling up and I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I, I knew Thor would show up to, to save the day a little bit, but it's still, it's so cool. And then, and then oh, my God. Uh, this is going to be the whole review. It's just us just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Reliving, oh, my just God. Like, <laughs> when Bucky picks up Rocket and they're doing that 360 <laughs> rotation shoot, it's just like, oh, my gosh. I clapped. I literally clapped when I saw that because it was so amazing. Uh, I loved the theater reactions in this movie. Whenever somebody would, like, show up at the last moment to, like, save somebody's life, the theater would erupt into applause. Um, when Tony got shivved in his side by Thanos, there was literally a girl like just singled out in the front of the theater that went, oh my God, like she out loud said that. And like, we were all just like shocked. But you know, if you wait a couple seconds, you see that it's, it is just a flesh wound on the side. You know, uh-huh. if it just went straight through his body, that'd be maybe a little different, but yeah, everybody was worried. I mean, I was shocked when Gamora died. You know, I, so. I, I thought Nebula was going to swing at the swing in at the last second and maybe she would do the sacrifice play or something like that. Or maybe just the act of Thanos willing to kill Gamora would be enough to get the soul stone. But, you know, she could still technically live. So seeing her dead on the ground, I was like, wow, they're really going all out in this movie. So I several months ago, I read this like breakdown of scenes from Infinity War and I'm like, none of these are real. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of the scenes. Oh, um, really? So I was like, no, they couldn't have been right. They, they no. And then it was. 
But I think, um, I mean, to just to talk about the Gamora Destiny, like, see, like Thanos is very, he, he's he, you kind of, he's not just a big bad in this villain. He's he's probably, I would put him better above Loki in terms of Marvel villains, in terms of something like he's actually like he doesn't want to kill Gamora. He's like, I I did this, I didn't follow through once before. I have to do it to to save the universe. Like he really wants to save the universe, you know, because at the end of the movie. After he snaps his fingers, gets what he wants, he just goes to farming. Like, he has his, like, <laughs> scarecrow of armor, like he does in the comic book. And mm-hmm. he's just living on the plane. Like, he's not trying to conquer the universe. You know You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's, he's not like, he's, I don't want you to bend to my will. I want to save the universe from eating itself. Away. Yeah, he, he's an interesting villain because he's not really relatable. I don't think anybody can really relate to what Thanos has gone through in his life. But he has very clear motivations for what he's doing, which is usually like the biggest hurdle for me in movies. Where like I got, it's got to be believable to, for what either character on the screen is doing. And it was, I understood what he wanted. Like he's a madman, you know. He just wants to cleanse the earth. It's kind of like one of those, like when you see a human villain on Earth that's just like, oh, we got to reboot this whole planet. This is all crazy. So I'm just gonna nuke it, and then we'll start from, we'll grow from the ashes like a phoenix. It's just like okay, like whatever. But when like a giant alien from space does it on a universal scale it's just kind of like oh okay this is pretty badass i'll 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 dig what thanos is doing here um but yeah i like the emotional moments that he he got to have with like gamora throughout the movie because it does make him feel more and more like a character not just kind of like this obelisk that's just kind of walking through the scene and like punching people um Mm -hmm. they did a really good job setting him up in the very beginning where uh, he has all of these characters around him on Thor's uh, ship just, like, destroyed and decimated. Uh, he kills, um, uh, um, not Luther. that's the character's name of what he <laughs> you, played. You're, you're thinking Heimdall, who does yeah, not Heimdall, have the soul stone, right. you sons of bitches. Yeah, <laughs> that was, I think, one of my favorite things about the movie, is that the soul stone just wasn't really anywhere, kind of. Like, everybody had all these theories about, oh, the soul stone's been in cap all this time, or, oh, no, it's Heimdall, because he has yellow eyes, or, no, the soul stone is, like, just, it's more of a feeling it's more of an ethereal thing that's just gonna appear it's just like no you're all wrong it was just on some random planet guarded by the uh, red skull yeah, who expected skull. to see that guy that was that was amazing <laughs> so that was really cool i thought it was like a personified version of death at the first mm-hmm. and there's a marvel character called the unseen i thought it was him uh-huh. um then it's the red skull and i was like oh my god like mind blown right before like <laughs> this big emotional scene yeah uh, that I... was also not um uh hugo weaving if you want to know oh. that's actually uh uh comedian ross marquand um, <laughs> i wonder if maybe they couldn't get hugo weaving back or if there was scheduling conflicts no, he, do, he doesn't want to come back he, he really? said he was pretty much done yeah. wow that i feel like that's a poor decision <laughs> even if they would have just got him for voice acting like that yeah voice like that would have been fine but they got someone else who does celebrity impersonation impersonations to actually get him so either way i didn't notice the difference but i watched a couple um kind of mcu look back videos online uh before i went and saw this movie and someone did point out like oh yeah when red skull didn't he kind of looked like he died but actually he kind of he went through the portal he, he like evaporated kind of with like the cube so like there was never never really a definitive death for him so when he showed up i was just like oh yeah that's right there you are brother we see ya so that was really cool to see him pop up again. So, yeah, it's great seeing all these threads kind of, like, come back through and just all of these great moments. I think my favorite moments is when the characters finally get to meet each other. 
Like, it's just, it's it's kind of like you're left in awe when you're looking at Star-Lord and Iron Man on the screen together. Or you're, you're in awe when you see, like, Captain America fighting alongside, like, the Black Panther. Even though, technically, you got to see them share screen time in Civil War, it's still just a really awesome thing to see. And then you see Thor show up back on Earth mm-hmm. and, like, Rocket's there. And, like, he keeps calling him a rabbit. And it's just, I love <laughs> all this. He calls him rabbit the whole time. Yeah. I just love all this playful banter. And, uh, so- I, yeah, that's what I really wanted to see. Because it's just payoff after payoff after payoff after payoff of seeing these characters run into each other. It's just like, oh, my God. This my The last 10 years, not of just movies, of the last 10 years of my life are paying off in front of me on the screen. And it's just it's just a fun, it's like the best theme park ride that is never going to be be able to recreate it again, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, well, maybe not until the next one, um, yeah, maybe. to be honest. <laughs> so I, I think there's there's a couple things here. Um, we never, Steve and, and, and um, Tony never officially talked to each other again. Because mm-hmm. Bruce made the call on the phone, actually, if you watch it. Um, so Nebula and Tony are stuck on Titan um, because they're the only people left there, by the mm-hmm. way. I think all the Guardians but Rocket were killed uh, at, by the end. I thought it was a really cool seeing um, uh, Peter Dinklage a, oh, yeah. a person, as a giant. He was the biggest character in the movie. Yeah, that was interesting because you, at, when they first reveal his face, you kind of only see about half of it because he has this long hair covering it and a beard. And I was like, wait a minute, is that? And then they cut back to Thor. And then I kind of hear all of this kind of chitter chatter around the theater. And then we get a clear look at his face. And I was like, holy shit, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> and that's who I said he was. He was Itri, the guy who makes the, the hammers for Thor. So I felt mm-hmm. pretty good about that. And, um... Yeah, that was a really cool scene about, you know, making the hammer. And Thor, Thor got his eye, so technically all the marketing wasn't wrong. <laughs> because he got that eye that Rocket has been talking about since the first Guardians movie. Yeah, that was great. Oh, it's like, <laughs> how much for that gun? And he's like, yeah. it's not for sale. How about that arm? Oh, I'm going to get that arm. <laughs> I'm going to get that That was just arm. a great moment that was just uh, built up since the first Guardians movie, I felt like. Um I think one of my favorite little moments that maybe might get uh, looked over just because there's so much happening in this movie. I love the part where Teenage Groot becomes the handle for Stormbreaker. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole time he's just being this shitty little teen, just hanging out, just playing his video game. I don't even remember what the game was. but Galaxy Defender. Yeah. And then he just sees the piece of Stormbreaker there, and then he forms the handle. And I love that because, like, that's a legacy that hopefully Thor gets to continue through. I don't really know if there's going to be a Thor 4. I don't know where we're going to see Thor again, maybe without the Guardians. But I just love the fact that whenever I see Thor holding Stormbreaker, he's holding a little bit of Groot there. I thought that Mm -hmm. was a really cool kind of sacrifice play for Groot, even though it's kind of not really a sacrifice. He just had to deal with a little bit of pain while he put it together. But I was like, oh, that's so cool because I don't know a whole lot about the origins of Stormbreaker, but I would assume assume the handle's not made. So I was like, that's some cool... That's some really cool lore that the MCU kind of gets the add to kind of these heroes where it's not just kind of like, oh, well, we couldn't get an actor for this or we don't have the X-Men. So the lore for uh, Scarlet Witch is going to have to be the gem. It's like, no, the lore for Stormbreaker is it's Groot's hand. Like that's that's just cool. You know, that's something that's just clever. In the comics, actually, Stormbreaker is just a separate hammer Odin makes for Beta Ray Bill. So, oh, yeah. um, and actually nothing, it's all new, which was cool. Like creating a whole new thing was really awesome. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've got to say, I, I really enjoyed seeing the, um, 
the I guess Captain America's little team come together to save the Vision the first time uh-huh. because they wiped the floor with those uh, children of Thanos, uh, Proxima <laughs> Midnight and Corvus Glaive, and like they're like even they're like what well, what's going on here? Like why are we getting beat by these this well oiled machine? You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? And that was a great moment just because. Um, I thought their emotional relationship, Vision and Scarlet, which actually worked pretty well. You know, we we see them in this movie at the start in this a hotel room. They're just kind of falling in love with each other. You know, they kind of bond over their mutual mutual experience of the Mind Stone. You know, they're coming together. Uh, Vision put his fleshy skin suit on, so he's looking more and more human. You know, and then they're just like out on the town walking around Scotland. And then all of a sudden, very brutally, they start getting their asses kicked. And you're just like, holy crap. Like, mm-hmm. get out of there, Scarlet Witch. Fly away. And she keeps trying, and they keep getting beat up. And I was just like, guys, we just saw Loki die. I'm really nervous right now. And then even though we saw this moment in the trailer a little bit, you see that train fly by and they're looking behind us like, oh, who's back there? Oh, who's back there? <laughs> That's pretty much my whole experience of this movie. It's just like, okay, they look, they're looking off screen. Who are they looking at? Who haven't we seen in a while? You know, uh-huh. who's about to show up and save the day? And then he grabs that spear and then fucking like, oh man, there's going to be some swearing in this podcast. Sorry. Um, yeah, Steve Rogers just comes in, starts kicking ass. And man, Steve Rogers, I've said before, he is my all-time favorite hero in the MCU. He's so cool. He's so badass. He's so composed. I love his fighting. And even without his shield, he's still a badass. And I was expecting that shield to show back up maybe in the 11th hour. So I think we're just going to have to save it for Avengers 4. I think Tony still has it hidden somewhere. So, yeah, just seeing him kick ass and with that badass beard, you know, well, you know copy, copy and Thor a little bit. <laughs> well, it also paid off later when, uh, you know, Black Widow and, like, all the girls fought in, in the final battle. Like, uh, Black uh, Black Widow, Okoye, and Scarlet Witch were all fighting there in the um, Proxima Midnight in, in the ring and stuff. Uh-huh. So that was really cool to see, like, that, that kind of, I guess, grudge. Uh, the, the female grudge match carry on and she's like oh yeah you're not gonna win this time and she totally got splatted by one of those big rolling machines <laughs> so that was yeah I mean it, it's cool to see all these things set up early on pay off later yeah it's not just action for action's sake like they are building these either good connections or bad connections with their headbutting throughout the whole thing and um I, I want to talk a little bit about the black order I think they kind of a little bit got the shaft except for Ebony Maw but he also had the most like dialogue in the movie mm-hmm. but it was cool to see the, Peter's like oh remember see, ever see the movie Aliens yeah and, that old movie he's always talking about these old movies old movie Aliens and this sucked them right out the air um yeah I thought uh did you ever read the Infinity event from Marvel Comics? From- I think I read the first couple issues, and then I was intimidated by how many more that there were, and I was like, I don't have the time for the, this. <laughs> there were there were six. There were six issues, Mike. So there's not a lot. I don't think you I read thought the- I thought there was like a couple like omnibuses. There, I thought there were some thick collections. Maybe it was just more of the overarching story that bled there's out like to the t- other comics. There were some other times, but just the main event. In one of them, uh, the uh, Cole Obsidian, which is the big guy with the hammer. Uh-huh. shows up in Wakanda to get one of the stones, and uh, that's when actually uh, Black Panther, he jumped, he did it in the scene, he jumped up and hit him in the head, uh, taking on the big guy. He's like, soon to be your new king. He didn't say that, but it was really cool um, 
to, to do that. So um, I, I think now that we're talking about the Black Order, you know, it's good. I'm going to have to digest this movie for a while. So there's not a whole lot of things that bugged me in this movie, but there's one I wish um, who was kind of the, the female one with the horns. Proxima Midnight. Proxima Midnight. I, I wish she had the kind of more human facial features. She didn't look quite like Squidward did over there. Um, so I kind of wished maybe there could have been a human face there. Because it all looked like motion capture. Very good motion capture. A lot of people worked on this movie. I'm not saying it was bad, but I just felt like you have a face there that's about 80% human. You know, all you got to do is just put some horns on her and then maybe CG around her eyes and nose to kind of blend everything together. But I'm pretty positive all of the Dark Order from head to toe is digital. So it would have been nice maybe to have a little practical effects in there because we had a lot of actually close-ups on her face. I felt like with the Dark Order, with the big guy, it was just kind of all medium and wide shots. I don't even really, really remember what his face looks like. Um, so Ebony Maw, we got a little bit closer. So I thought maybe with these characters where we got kind of up close, especially with their intense eyes, maybe if they could have had a, maybe an behind there a little bit some flesh maybe with a little bit of paint on it i could have attached myself to him a little bit more but i mean that's just a little nitpick and I, I, a I very don't, I don't big really movie. want to attach to them they were just kind of there to be thrown around a little bit at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice that they weren't just kind of these god tier level characters where they had to just go to the ends of the earth to kill them it's just like the reason that they were so good was because they're highly trained and they got to jump on all these heroes so once they kind of figured out how they worked yeah you could just blow them out of an airlock and they would just freeze to death out in space just because just because they're aliens doesn't mean that they're like unbeatable so i kind of like i like that aspect Mm -hmm. yeah i mean what i i think was interesting also is the hulk's arc in this which ties into the um the coal obsidian fight at the end there where he hulk comes in surprises everybody beats up thanos a little bit and then gets totally whooped by Thanos and then mm-hmm. refuses to come out the rest of the movie, which there are actually figures and toys of the Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster armor for sale, Mike. They yeah, totally and there's remove that whole thing from the movie. And, and also that iconic shot from the trailer where all the heroes are running through like the yeah. kind of jungle of Wakanda and you see the Hulk running back the, there. The money shot never yeah, happened. So, yeah, so they are the Marvel is going out of their way to really really throw you off your axis before you go into these films. Um and I think one of the biggest things about this film that was thrown off of his axis is they definitively told us i think maybe at some point last year like oh no this isn't a part one and part two no 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 i know we announced it like that at that big event where we announced all these movies and we said this is we're going to do infinity war part one and then part two a year later uh no actually they're going to be their own separate individual movies you know they're going to have their they're going to have their own payoffs at the very end they're not part one part two (laughs) that's like such bullshit maybe this is this is I, i disagree entirely this is a whole standalone movie they're going to have well, movies in between. Well, I was what I was going to say, the caveat I was going to say is it's not as big of a cliffhanger as we've seen in other popular movies. It's not like the part two of Deathly Hollows of Harry Potter, and it's definitely not like the split-in-half movie that like was The Hunger Games. Those are the only really two movies I think I've seen with part twos. So I would say if you're going to do a part one and part two, you do it like this. So mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't hit them on making it a part one and part two. It just kind of felt like they were backtracking their statement a little bit, and so it was kind of like, oh yeah, this is a big cliffhanger. So that's well, makes it's only, it also it's only fe- I think it's only a cliffhanger because we know there are other movies coming out. If you if you remove that knowledge, 
nothing. Well, this could end, and then Marvel Cinematic Universe could go forward, and that would be it. Yeah, but I think it's impossible to remove that knowledge. I think Marvel makes it very apparent by announcing these movies so far ahead of time. Oh, that there's more coming out there. So, but there could be, be like there can be more movies here. Spider-Man's, I guess, is the exception, but Sony announced that rather than Marvel did. So. I mean, if they there's not there's not a second Black Panther movie announced. There's nothing. Yeah, um, they've they've announced the second Black Panther. They they, they did a, like a couple like a week or so after the movie came out. No, no, they said they want to work on it. Nothing is confirmed. Mm, I'm almost there's possible. gonna be one, but there's nothing. Go, tell me the release date, Mike. Tell me the well, release date. Well, of course if, I don't know the release date. You can announce stuff without a release date. No, no. If there's no release date, they've not announced it. There, there's nothing out there saying Black Panther. That yes, they said it's coming probably, but nothing saying for sure. So well, well, either- I, I'm, I'm going to disagree wholly <laughs> that this is a part one, part two, because you can stop right now, make more Marvel movies, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We don't know how that's going to tie into this. Yeah, uh, I'm really even. curious. That was one of the big questions I had coming out of the movie. Um, and I was just like, I feel a little bit bad for Ant-Man and the, and the Wasp because how on earth do you follow up this big bombastic movie with like, oh, you're going to have a couple characters that literally shrink in size and maybe get big they're going to be just dealing with probably like heist level things i'm curious where they set the movie um they could be really ballsy and set it after this big um this big uh just torturous uh i don't know what you want to call it extinction level event almost that would be kind of curious but i would almost expect maybe one of these three either pym or lang or wasp to kind of disappear so i have a feeling it's not going to be set after this movie mm-hmm. um so i'm wondering where that goes and then captain marvel set in the 90s i have a strong feeling that captain marvel is going to have a post-credit scene that like hooks up with her finding tony stark on like a random planet or something like that um but i looping back around to this part one part two thing it's almost kind of a moot point just because uh we like to compare this so often to like a long-running tv series and tv seasons always end on a cliffhanger almost always to get you excited for the next season or sometimes even on an episode based level so i'm really not too upset because if i think about it this as a tv series i'm just like oh man i'm chomping at the bit you know it's like a sunday night hbo show i'm i can't wait until next week but unfortunately we have to wait until next year i guess it could be worse they could have put it maybe two or three years out but Man, I'm so excited for that next film. I just got to see how they fix things. I'm really curious what happens after Avengers 4 now, even further, because I think this is going to, I think this is a great way to loop mutants into the universe because uh, I think it would just be weird if all of a sudden they were just like, oh yeah, mutants have been around for a long time. You guys just haven't seen them. We've been in the shadows. Just, you know, we haven't been on any of your radars. We've kept our powers to ourselves. I was like, I don't really find that very believable. But. Maybe uh, if, you know, Steve grabs the gauntlet, snaps his fingers, it kills him because he's only a human, but he puts everything back to normal. Maybe everything's not quite back to normal. Maybe there's some human DNA out there that got just shifted just a little bit, and now mutants are all of a sudden a thing. So we'd kind of have this kind of new experience of jumping into an X-Men mutant universe where the very first mutant didn't appear centuries ago, like Apocalypse in like some sort of pyramid. Maybe the first mutant like appeared in like the year 2020, you know, right after uh, Captain America died. And then we kind of have these really, really young fledgling X-Men that slowly come together and build the X-Men. And maybe we don't even ever see the X-Mansion or something like that. So I think this is a really clever way to bring in the Fox franchise for sure. 
Uh, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not really worried about that because I trust that they're going to find a way. And if it's not for another three years or tied oh, into it, Infinity yeah, War, it'll it, it'll be a little while. I, I don't even I don't even think it, if it needs to be tied into it because in the Ultimate Marvel Universe, mutants were created by humans um, rather than genetic genetic modification or like uh, I guess evolution. But yeah, I but mean, those but those mutants had been around for a while. Well, so just, that's just since World War Two. Yeah, well, still, that's a while. I can't, I can't imagine there's a Professor Xavier that's been on Earth since World War oh, yeah, II no. in the MCU. So there's going to be some sort of reality shifting, time bending stuff that these stones are going to do. But yeah, I think they have like this great tool out there to kind of really, kind of refine and point the arrow in the MCU going forward. You know, with Spider-Man too. Well, I think to me, what what's interesting is the next movie. I predict the title will be called Thanos Quest. Um, simply, Avengers Thanos quest. <laughs> yeah. Because that was actually a ser- That was actually the very first series. Thanos appeared in collecting the stones. Yeah. That sounds like a really bad movie title though. <laughs> I mean, it very well may be, but everyone's like, Oh, it'll be infinity gauntlet. Well, that doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what I imagine the next one, I think all those people who quote unquote died are probably have been captured inside the soul stone. So we oh, will see them in the next right? movie. Yeah, that could be very possible. Because I think that was Gamora's soul, her, her like child version in the Soul Stone after he snapped his fingers. Mm-hmm. And so if they're in the Soul Stone, we might be able to see them, you know, before the end of the movie when everything's just kind of put back to normal. Um, but also, uh, I think the whole point of the next one will be trying to track down Thanos to restore everything and then destroy the gauntlet in and of itself. Yeah, I yeah maybe if not snapping the fingers takes everything back to normal, but maybe the act of destroying all the stones. It's hard to imagine that anybody thinks that they could store these stones safely around the universe. I think something's going to come together. Maybe they'll go to that dying dwarf star and like put it in that forge and melt the stones or something like that. Or they'll just like cram them all together and just like make them explode because Scarlet Witch was kind of attempting mm-hmm. that at the moment. Well, so. she she did she did blow up one completely. Yeah, that is so true. they are they are destroyable in in their current iteration yeah you just got to destroy the time stone first that's the first one you got to get rid of because if you don't they'll tell you can all just come back <laughs> yeah um but that that brings me up to time stone dr strange we haven't talked about his kind of story arc where he looked at like over a million iterations i thought of it was the like future. i thought it was like 14 million or something like that it was a yeah, very only... it was a very large number <laughs> that i don't remember yeah. but only one of them where they win and then after they were kind of all beaten by thanos he was like, "This is the end game now." So he thinks. I think he knows they're in the the iteration where they win. Like yeah. this is one of the the fall the start of those points. So yeah, I haven't had very many hours to go out there on the internet and look at theories. But one strong one that I saw was Doctor Strange saw the finale that that uh, ended well, and he saw Tony Stark there. So he saw Tony about to die, and he was just like. Tony can't die because he is in the very end. Maybe he's the one that snaps his fingers with the gauntlet. Maybe he's the one that tracks it down. So he's like, Tony has to live. I have to give up the time stone. So that makes sense to me. But Doctor Strange faded away. He's gone. So we can't just straight up ask him what Mm -hmm. the finale looks like. And also it could be one of those things where like, if you know what the finale is, it can't happen because it's like a time paradox type thing. He did tell everyone on Titan and only one person was left of that group and that is Tony. So Tony will be the only one who knows like we have to do things this way to win or else and he's going to have to prove that that makes sense to everybody who doesn't believe him on Earth because everyone's like no you fucked up last time why would we believe you now kind of thing. 
Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, it was kind of cool that we didn't see all of the characters kind of come together. They did save a little bit for Avengers 4, so we never saw Star-Lord come to Earth. So we still could have my moment that I predicted on the podcast the other week where he shows up blasting. I'm... uh, I'm back from outer space on his uh, Milano speakers. So that's still a possibility, maybe just a different location under different circumstances. <laughs> so I like that That still there's even a grander experience still in front of us where all of the characters are on screen together. Now, I don't know if it'll necessarily be terrestrial Earth. You know, maybe it'll be in some sort of cosmic zone or realm because they have to go find the gauntlet. They all have to get there. And even we're probably going to have like a ragtag group that gets there. Maybe they smash the soul stone and then all of their heroes come back and then they all get together and they start wailing on Thanos. Um, The thing is, when you have all of these characters that are like melee combat fighters, they don't necessarily have all beams that they can shoot and focus at one thing. I would imagine there's going to be some sort of horde, you know, in their future in Avengers 4 that they might have to team up and fight again. I thought the Outriders were really cool and really brutal. I love that the way that they animated them. Like when Steve was like all up in their grill, like fighting them and punching them, I felt like, oh shit, watch it. Like if you don't like move your neck just the right way, they're literally going to bite your head off. So, and, they were, and they were just killing each other to get through the the the, the yeah, shield. So, yeah, they were. So you knew that they, you can't reason with them. Yeah, I mean, what I think is important to notice here, I thought the big main three slash four of the Avengers would not be, I guess, actually, the original team, minus not seeing Hawkeye, is still alive. Yeah, I, that's kind of... And maybe... I did not think they would be the ones who made it out of this. I thought Thanos... I mean, again, Thanos isn't... He's not holding a grudge against anybody. He's not doing extinction-level events. He's just doing half of everything, and it's random. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, it's a very... I would figure he would purposely try to not get the people who almost tore the glove off his hand on Titan mm-hmm. um, another chance. And now, I think, I mean, he's got a stronger chance with... Uh, they've got a stronger chance with... Tony, Cap, Thor, and Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye getting back together. So yeah, and it, and it'll be, just be kind of sweet and nice to kind of see. I don't think they'll necessarily do that same sweeping circle shot of all of them together again. But I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. You know, to see them all on the screen together, maybe going after the gauntlet. Maybe they all get in a spaceship together. I'd, I, I, I'm really looking forward to Steve Rogers' uh, reaction to being in space for the first time. That'll be really interesting. Um Man, yeah, this movie is just dense, chock full of just so much fun. I feel like I have to go see it again because so much happens in this film. Um, I would say if any characters maybe didn't get quite the amount of screen time that they maybe deserved was maybe Black Panther. But I think just, I think, you know, we set the kind of finale in Wakanda, so at least we're getting a lot of that. Um, We just saw the Black Panther movie. Like, you can get that on digital, like, next week, I believe. So I feel like maybe they kind of balance the movie. Like, I'm sure, like, the assembly cut of this film is, like, six hours long, like, everything that they shot. So maybe they're just, as the editing process was going through, they were just like, um, take out this little conversation between Black Panther and, like, the, you know, the Winter Soldier. Cut it down a little bit because his movie just came out. And maybe they're just like, oh, that rocket joke is hilarious. We got to leave that in. They haven't. We haven't seen the Guardians for like a couple of years, so leave that there. And of course, like push Mantis off to the side of the poster, just because like that's where Mantis always is. I don't know if anybody else notices that because I'm always putting images together for the podcast. But Mantis is always relegated to like the the tiniest corner and edges. But 
Um, I thought Vision had a very big pivotal role in this movie. I mean, he ended up having the last stone. I think everyone everyone assumed the Soul Stone was going to be the last one left. And in the trailer, we see Steve holding back that gauntlet, mm-hmm. and there, he only has a couple stones. But as we found out, no, they did that just to throw us off because they wanted us to see that scene. He had he only had one stone left, so that was a really a really important moment more than we thought it was going to be so yeah i thought vision vision was fleshed out really well and he was just totally ready to make the sacrifice play because you know he's a very analytical mathematical person you know he knew that like if this is going to save literally the universe it's just my kind of artificial life for all of existence yeah that's an easy play for me but i gotta find a way to make it okay with the woman that i love so yeah i love that emotional connection if Shuri is still alive, he may be able to be brought back because she swiped her screen away before Corvus got there. Mm-hmm. So I think she was doing something and saved it for later because oh, she didn't just yeah. run away. Um, she it looks like she saved it. So with the corpse of, of Vision there and all grayed out, they may oh. be able to bring him back to life. Yeah, I could see that. That would um, be pretty cool because they've they've talked about that. like he's like oh he's not just the stone. He's a bunch of other things in there <laughs> yes as i've stated before in previous episodes of super Silite, he has a lot of different things so maybe that actually got a little bit of payoff my uh my annoyance of how vision was made mm-hmm. but man this movie it's just uh a whole lot to take in uh, <laughs> my mind is still reeling from it i think before we started recording uh i told you that uh my wife and I both had dreams last night with MCU characters inserted into them. I don't remember the whole uh, the whole plot or synopsis of whatever I dreamed last night, so I don't think I could replay it for you, and nor would anyone want to listen to that. Uh, but I think that just goes to show you that like this is going to set with you at least for the whole weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I got to go see this movie again. Um, I want to I, I want to see it with a new audience every time. I want to see how people react. I mean, that's crazy. And like now, I don't have to worry too much about you know if people are eating jalapenos next to me or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I could rank this. Uh, it feels weird to rank it almost, you know, because it doesn't mm-hmm. feel to me. I know you feel a little differently, but for me, it doesn't feel like a movie that kind of sets alone on its own i feel like there's so much build up into it there's still a second part to this movie where we kind of really get the conclusion of the story in this so i think still my favorite movies in the mcus are kind of the standalone ones like the winter soldier that's just kind of telling a very condensed story um you know all these movies have ties that kind of dangle off of them so you you can't get just something totally condensed except for maybe iron man one or possibly the incredible hulk so i think the winter soldier one is still my favorite uh the first guardians is still uh, amazing uh this movie is almost just it's like it's a different category like um this (laughs) this is a great avengers movie that's for sure it's weird to think that this is the third avengers movie you know because winter Mm -hmm. soldier just felt so much like the avengers but it's just like no 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 when you go avengers this is what it feels like civil civil war you mean not winter soldier um yeah Either way, yeah. uh, you know what I was I'm like. About. Winter Soldier is more standalone than that, so uh, yeah. I mean, it does feel like it, but I think I mean it is an Avengers. But the Avengers are essentially the sum of the parts before them each time. Mm-hmm. And this is like you said, it's hard to rank it, but it is a culmination. It is an addition of everything. This is the payoff. This is the the patience, and uh, you don't even have to know the minutia of everything. But like it. Built, like if you've seen Doctor Strange, you're gonna get a little bit of that. Like you're gonna appreciate his parts more. 
you yeah, seen Guardians, a- you're going to appreciate the part where it just says space and it's playing the music when they drive when they're flying through when they they enter, you know. Um seeing Tony Stark's arc of like why is his chest reactor on him in a battery not in his chest kind of thing. You know, yeah, you know what I'm let, Let's talk about that bleeding edge armor for a second. So I think we're kind of starting to see the twilight of Iron Man. Of I, I, It's hard for me to imagine him in the MCU still in another 10 years, maybe in some sort of cameo capacity. But I think you, I think Robert Downey Jr. is probably just going to be wrapping up his, his stay in the MCU, which I think is okay. He's done like a really great job. But his, his armor is just becoming less and less realistic to me. Like, it, it was rooted in such technology at the very beginning, and now it's these nanoparticles on him that can morph into these different weapons, which are really badass, really cool to see him fight with them. But he's kind of turned into kind of like this, from this scientist into almost this, like, weird super-powered hero that has these weird morphing abilities. So I feel like we've reached the apex of the Iron Man armor. I don't think if we went anywhere beyond this armor, I could possibly believe it, you know? Uh, we've I've always liked the, the Marvel comics and the Marvel heroes because there's always been a little bit of plausibility to them. You know, su- like, the DC is all kind of like these, these god-magic-type powers... So I, I think I've I've reached my limit on the Iron Man armor. If they push it past this, I'll just have to kind of like um, I'll just kind of have to like glaze my well, eyes over and just like watch and hopefully he does something cool with it. But I mean, what what would be next? I mean, having read the comic books, um, Extremis was in his blood. Bleeding Edge was I think after that, and then they kind of went backwards. So I wouldn't even know what the next one would be. Yeah, like I don't think they can push it back, but yeah. I, you know, I feel like, hey, you know, I think we're pushing the, the, the possibilities of what one man can do with technology. Because if, if one man can do this, I feel like the whole shape of society and planet Earth would be totally different. Like, pe- the human race well, ha- had reached, like, sorry. a new level of, like, existence that I, I can't quite, I can't quite well, uh, rationalize. You ha- how do you feel about Black Panther and Shuri and all their stuff, which is even more advanced than this? Well, that, that stuff kind of makes a, just a little bit more sense because at least it's on a society level and it's all rooted in one specific kind of space metal. You know, Tony, it's just like he built the Iron Man armor just with a, with a box of scraps in a cave in the desert, you know. So um, it, 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 these are just little things that I'm just trying to like uh, rationalize in my brain. So, you know, I, I feel like it's an Avengers movie, so it's okay if they hit the gas. But, you know, we're probably not going to see an Iron Man 4, so I probably don't have to worry about them pumping the brakes for that. So it's I kind mean, of he'll cool. probably be cameo-ish in the next couple yeah. of movies. So and sp- we got our Stan Lee cameo. Speaking of cameo. That was very he, early, too. He, he went from riding on the bus to driving the bus from Doctor Strange of writing. So he has the greatest little cameos. Um, what did he say in that bus? What, you've never seen? Um, you've never seen a spaceship before? <laughs> yeah. And I love, uh, I love Ned's little moment in the movie where he's just like, hey, make a distraction. He's we're all gonna die or something like yeah, oh that. Oh my god, is it aliens, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm glad he got his little moment in there. Yeah, I mean, all the characters felt... I mean, they all felt good. I mean, uh, uh, some people, I've seen some reviews, have been like, oh, there's not enough min- like small character moments, but we've already built the character moments before this. Yeah, where are you gonna put your character moments? Like, this is a, this is a season of the MCU. Your character moments were in the smaller movies. This is the season finale. I just want to see Jon Snow kill a dragon, <laughs> you know, something like that. It is the last Avengers movie <laughs> of this year, Mike. We cannot hold anything back now. Yeah, that is true. 
And then we still have more characters to bring into the MCU. I mean, Ant-Man, Hawkeye. I mean, Nick Fury was there, but he wasn't really there. Um, Captain Marvel. Uh, who else? Who else were we missing here? Uh, man, well, I think probably we might see Hank Pym maybe join the MCU. It, maybe not in a big moment, but I'd like to see him at least cross paths with Tony Stark bet, since they have so much ire against I, him. You know, I bet actually no. I bet that's going to be his wife because she's been cast as Michelle Pfeiffer and she's been in the sub universe, the micro universe mm-hmm. for so long. She might actually have some idea on how to find this via like the, the micro universe or something. Oh, like that. maybe that would be kind of cool. Pull, because pulling all of their, uh, all of their minds, the greatest minds together. Yeah. Because we don't, I mean, Dr. Strange is gone. We don't know where Wong is. We don't have no way to get through different universes except for her experience of living there for like what? 30 plus years so yeah it seems it seems like they're probably gonna save adam warlock for guardians 3 i i, I don't think be, he's gonna w- show up at all yeah yeah it would be weird to see him show up without really any context or explanation especially since he was just introduced in a post-credit scene so um he was it uh, wasn't even him it was just a pod yeah that's true so <laughs> we would see him for the first time like who's this gold man with these weird clothes that's from outer space um, Captain Marvel is going to be a really fun movie. I'm, I, you know, I'm really curious to see what her space adventures are like, how they hook up with Thanos, because we know she's going to cross Ronan, and Ronan has experience with Thanos. So well, I feel no, like we're going to get a little it's bit. It's Ronan past. It's like Ronan in the 1990s. No. Well, yeah, but Ronan in the 1990s still may have, you know, seen Thanos before. You know, they've they've probably met at like a villain pub somewhere and hashed out how they're going to kill people or something. Um, so yeah, and Captain Marvel, what comes out and is that a March release? Uh, I think. I think it's March or February. Yeah. Yeah. So it's well, it's, it's kind of like how Black Panther kind of kicked this off, much yeah. like that. So. Well, I mean, the best thing to do if I had to shamelessly plug our show one more time before uh, I think we wrap up this, you can go to our our upcoming release page on our website and you can kind of see when all of these movies come out. And if you refer to the list, we have uh, Captain Marvel. Yes, coming out in March. So you have just you can count the weeks you can count it by weeks in between captain marvel coming out and the avengers coming out may 3rd who knows if they'll pull the same stunt of pushing uh, avengers again until the very end of april but yeah captain marvel is definitely is gonna definitely gonna tee up uh this next movie i think in a big way because it's gonna be really space and big font lettering on the screen i mean that's how you find this gauntlet so um, I, I would like to see, you know, the earth be included again, just because I feel like that's how you root it. That's how you get your audience really engaged in it. You know, save the planet, save Wakanda, save the human race, you know. Uh, but yeah, if they all go to space and that's where they kill Thanos, that that might be it. But uh, Captain Marvel will be really cool. It'll be cool to see her show up. We'll get a new character because like you said, what characters have we not seen yet? And it's like, well, we got Ant-Man and Hawkeye. I think literally everybody else was included. I don't know I don't know if villains are going to pop back up like the Abomination or something like that. That would be kind of cool actually. Maybe if the Abomination did kind of crawl his way I, I back think, onto the screen. I think they kind of disown that movie a little bit. <laughs> like, the the history is there but we don't talk about it. Because uh, Ross, General Ross was in this movie actually as a hologram. Mm-hmm. And he was like Oh, that's court martial because he hung up on him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, I think the next one is going to, if I was to put it, it's going to be, to me, I think it would be Thanos quest, but I could be very wrong. Um, but we have to wait. They didn't tell us at the end of the movie, Mike. They didn't. Yeah. I thought they would. And they didn't. So, yeah. Well, either either way, um, I think a big point to note uh, before we ha- uh, sign off here is the time stone 
Uh, I'm glad I watched Doctor Strange before I went and saw this movie because they made a point to say that the Eye of Agamotto, the Time Stone, when you use it uh, for your own, you know, your own purposes to kind of undo uh, things that have happened, there's a bill that comes due. You don't know what that's going to be. You don't know exactly. You know, it's kind of cryptic when they say it in the film, but you can't just use the Time Stone willy nilly without any, um, without any. Uh, what word am I looking for? Ramifications. Here? Ramifications, exactly. So, even if the time stone is used to undo all of this death, which is possible, how you know how far back do you crank the time stone back? Is Loki going to come back alive? Is Gamora going to come back? I feel like Gamora is going to come back just because it's, Guardians Three is going to be really weird if they're coming back with uh, Yondu and Gamora dead. Like it's just going to be a big cry fest. Um, but. If Cap or, you know, maybe even Tony or maybe they both somehow hold the glove up and snap their fingers and they both die and they bring everybody back, uh, you know, Gamora could come back because she's in the stone. But I think Loki's dead for sure. I don't think he's coming back. I think Tom Tom Hiddleston's final check has been signed. I mean, I again, we don't know if there's a Thor 4 down the road. I mean, it's, it's one of those things we don't know where Captain America 4 is or Thor 4. So, I mean, it could go either way. The idea of the Asgardian mythology is that their their whole lives are a cycle. Um, that ends with Ragnarok, and you know if Ragnarok kicked off how they kind of died there, it could restart, and he could be recast. Um, because they have to grow up again. I don't. I don't know. There's a lot yeah. of things they could definitely do. I'm not gonna write anyone off permanently just yet. Yeah, until, I don't until 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 the end credits of the next one, and even then, I'm like money talks, yeah. man. They'll bring yeah. it back. I'll go ahead and say I don't want any recasting maybe new people to take up mantles but yeah don't recast thor maybe just bring in lady thor don't recast iron man just bring in um what do they call her like heart uh, they don't have enough story or but like, either pull. but it's a lot I, I don't lines. i agree i don't recast them but i think you can replace it with another character we didn't care about iron man 10 years ago yeah. because because be- believe it or not chris if you look far enough into our future past 10 years, past 20 years, past 30 years, when we're collecting, hopefully, our social security checks, um, the MCU will restart. They will recast our beloved characters. They'll make brand new movies with different storylines, and we'll look at the young whippersnappers and be like, these movies suck. When I was a kid, or when I was a young adult, I guess, these movies were good back in the 2000s. Now you got these random like random people being cast that's not my wolverine you know even though wolverine probably will be recast uh, much sooner than that so um yeah this is this was an intense movie it's definitely a milestone it's a marker you got to go see this movie even i think if you've never even seen a superhero movie like this is i've talked about this on the show before this is a piece of pop culture this is something that's not just for the nerds. This is not just for people that like summer popcorn flicks. If, if you're you like even Footloose, you're gonna love this. <laughs> is Footloose still the greatest movie ever. It, it was never, really great. never was. <laughs> is Kevin Bacon there? <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just a, a big shiny piece of pop culture that you're just gonna have to know. If you're just one of those people that just like those indie movies with subtitles and you're only ever paying attention to the Best Picture Oscar winners, like this is a weird reversal. Not just like to show, Mike. yeah. I think we just need to talk to our audience. <laughs> you're gonna watch weird... it. You're gonna like it. I think. And Con- I mean... convince your parents to go see it. That's probably the more likely scenario. If you just have like a random parent that just doesn't go to the movies, just have them watch this. It'll just be a fun, good time. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I feel like you need to watch a couple of them. Otherwise, they don't make sense. Uh, the, I guess the impact isn't as heavy. They'll know what they'll know what Spider Man is. They'll they'll have seen an Iron Man before on a billboard or a collectible cup. They'll be like, oh hey, there's that man from the cup and the man from that cartoon show that my son watches. Well, this is fun. Um, and I I can't believe I didn't mention this. I feel like this movie is eighty percent choreographed action scenes. Like this movie is jam packed. They didn't. They didn't hold anything back, as you like to say. They didn't slow they, down, man. They, they start they, and they go. Yeah, so it is hard to find moments in this movie to go pee. So uh, all those little kind of character moments, they they give them just enough time before somebody else gets punched in the face. Like I said, this is a roller coaster ride from beginning to end. Literally jaw dropping. It's hard to rank it. We're going to be sitting with this movie for a while. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. We're going to be uh, dropping a news episode on Sunday. Chris, uh, you are always the nice one that compiles all your all of our news for the week, and you have been holding off because you haven't been you have been trying your best not to be spoiled. So we got a lot to talk about in the news uh, Sunday. Uh, heck, we got Venom. Venom's still coming out this year, which is technically Did you get kind a of a little bit in the MCU. <laughs> well, we don't we don't quite know yet. Did you actually um, get a Venom trailer with yours? No, I didn't. I got the old Venom trailer. Ah, oh, those bastards. Why are they Confused the hell out of me. <laughs> you know so. what? And I didn't get that Jurassic World trailer either, so I didn't actually have to watch that one that I felt like spoiled a bunch of the movie. So I, I got, I got Who that. Knows? We got that. Who knows? So. But uh, yeah, this movie was, it, it was a time. This movie is a time. Go see this movie and then hang out with your friends this weekend so you guys can just talk about it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts, reviews, uh, questions, even my wife did pose a good question to me, Mike. I, I, she said, "Can they regrow Groot from his handle on Stormbreaker since he oh, faded away?" Oh, that's that's clever. But is that technically a different Groot? Because James well, Gunn did say but that could the Groot they re- that- grow another Groot, I guess, is what she oh, like, Yeah, I mean, I guess you could, right? Unless, I, like, Stormbreaker has some sort of magic that you can't break the handle. I don't know. My thought is Groot knew what he was doing when he burned himself holding it, so he cut it off and, like, didn't make it a, a live version. Like, he can control what's live and what's not, but... Yeah, because really, when Groot fights, I'm sure there's splinters all over the place. I mean, there was a scene in the movie where he uses his vines to go under the ground and grab Thanos, then he just breaks out of it. Yeah, so does like, that mean, not... like, a bunch of Wakandans can pick up these slivers and grow their own I Groots? Feel, I feel there'd be a lot more Groots all over the universe if this was the, the actual case. So yeah, I was well, like, you I was know... Like, that's a good question, though. That was a good you, question. You know, if you took that Groot language class like Thor did, we'd know a lot more about this. That's we, true. We could speak Groot and we could know what he says, but... Yeah, this movie's great. You gotta go see it. Highly recommend it. It's gonna make a crap ton of money. If you're not seeing it, what are you doing? Dig out from under that rock. Why are you listening to this podcast? You just, we just spoiled everything. You're crazy. Mike, Mike <laughs> keeps talking, but if you have questions, comments, or anything else, write us in because I want to hear them. I want to know what you yeah. guys thought. Uh, and maybe if you do it this weekend, we can have it on Sunday and, and talk about it on our new show. So I really want to hear dissenting opinions. I would love to meet the person that like really didn't like this movie or was underwhelmed. Like I want to know what their perspective of it is perspective was and what they what, were, what were your for. expectations for, did you like create some sort of <laughs> fake movie in your head like mike does on the weekly basis and not meet those those fake movies so yeah that no. happens so anyways uh thanks for listening guys uh we're here on a friday doing our thing so uh we'll be back sunday but if people want to know what you're up to maybe if you see the second time mike where can they find you at 
Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to keep up with you, I know you're probably going to be in the theater like every other hour seeing this movie. If people <laughs> want to keep track of your tallies on the wall of how many times you've seen this movie, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87, according to Mike, if <laughs> it is to be believed. I'm going to post the full collection of my pops with all the MCU movies. So nice. I'm going to put that up. I actually um, picked up uh, the box. I didn't get uh, the collector core box came with Thanos and his little ship that he was in the whole oh, movie. Oh, okay. And it's huge, man. I'll send you a picture of this, but it's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, you can also head over to Comic UI. We've been, I've been done get a little teaser videos for the countdowns of all the movies you need to watch and uh, some interviews from C2E2. We put up one every new comic book day every Wednesday so we can space them out a little bit. So. Head over there. If people are listening for the first time, this is a review episode, but they want to know what we do every week. A news episode, Mike. Where can they find us at? Well, as always, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the place where you can find all the avenues we host our little show and to get our show notes. So if you are listening to a news episode and we're talking about trailers or leaked screenshots, things of that nature, you can just go to our show notes. We have a nice little bulleted list, and you can just click on any one of those, and you don't have to scour the internet for it. So that's SuperheroSlate.com. And you can find our show on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to get some merch of our show if you want to support you can go to superheroslate.com slash store if you're a fan of the show if you like what you're hearing if you like what you're listening to we love reviews we love feedback we love those likes those retweets those comments uh we love those apple podcast reviews <laughs> so if you want to go leave us a review uh drop us a comment in there tell us who your favorite mcu character is and why mine's captain america i think he's awesome he's even cooler with that beard i wish i could grow a beard like that um leave that in the itunes comment and if you want to be a super Super fan of the show. If you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you got to do to get that title is just share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week talking about the latest news and the latest superhero movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. I, I believe next on our list, um, Deadpool. I feel, I, is it Deadpool? Yeah, so Deadpool's Deadpool. coming up, so you want to stay subscribed for that. You know, we already bought our tickets, so uh, stay tuned, everybody. Yep, thanks for listening, and um, don't forget to snap those fingers. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. uh, What does he say? I'll do you one better. How, Gamora?